Hello and welcome to the Let's Talk Azure podcast with your hosts, Sam Foote and Anne Armstrong. If you're new here, we're a pair of Azure and Microsoft 365 focused IT security professionals. It's episode 16 of season four. Sam and I had a recent discussion around Windows management using Microsoft Intune, an approach to managing endpoints anywhere. Here are a few things we covered. Traditional management of Windows endpoints. What is Microsoft Intune? How can modern management help an organization? And how is it licensed? We have noticed the number of you aren't subscribed. If you do enjoy our podcast, please do consider subscribing. It would mean a lot for us for you to show your support to the show. It's a really great episode, so let's dive in. Hey, Alan, how are you? Hey, Sam, not doing too bad. How are you? Yeah, good, thank you. Um, any big updates in the world of uh, Microsoft this week? Uh, some some of the new Surface devices were released last week, or announced at least. I think it was on Thursday. Okay. Um, um, I, I haven't seen those at all, actually. Um, anything that caught your eye or anything exciting going on with them? Uh, I haven't dived into it too much yet. I was just checking if they had a new Surface Laptop Studio 2, which they did. That's probably the only thing I did check out. <laughs> so, <laughs> I didn't check any of the other devices, but um, that's the one I was looking at because I've, I've, I've wanted a... Uh, one of the one of the you know at least the original ones but um yeah i thought i'd wait for the second one so maybe i might in the future get one <laughs> if i can afford I, it <laughs> uh, yeah um uh, to, to be fair i have a a surface what do i have just a surface laptop for work alan is it a surface laptop four or something like that yeah something like that it's actually really good to be fair um it's you know, like the the build quality is is really good, and 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 touch wood, it's actually been sort of rock solid, really, from a, you know, from a hardware perspective. And my laptop's got the, I think it's like an Alcantara like top to it, um, and I thought it was going to get really grubby, but it actually hasn't, and it's it's really nice, you know, to sort of, you know, because I've come um... from a world of I've come from a world of MacBooks where. Like it's all aluminium, right? And um, I think it's quite nice having that fabric there because it's it's sort of softer, um, you know, to rest your arm, uh, your hands on. Sorry. Yeah, no, I've I've not really used um, a surface for for work. Um, used to imagine quite a few years ago, very few years ago, when they were first coming out. But um, yeah, the only time I got a chance to see them was when I was at um, Ignite last year and got to actually get some hands on action yeah. with them so yeah i could do i could do with another type c port and real thunderbolt that's what i'd like um that's the only thing i miss but i think the new one might the usb c port might be thunderbolt now anyway if i remember rightly that's the only thing i really kind of miss yeah the surface um, laptop studio 2 has i don't know about yeah. if, if the first one did or not um, but yeah, I've not checked the others. Yeah, that's that's the only bit I miss. But you know, as an all-round sort of you know suite of products, um, I've I've never really, I've never heard any bad, you know, uh, words spoken of it. To be totally honest with you. No, and the um, I think the new ones as well are serviceable, as in you can you know some of them you can open up and repair oh, cool. yourself kind all of right. thing. Some bits, um, I think some of the previous ones that was a criticism that you know it's got to go back to microsoft to be fixed kind yeah. of thing for simple 
somewhat simple things. Yeah, and considering when you're buying like a high-end workstation sort of grade laptop as well, you know, you you kind of run those into the ground really, don't you? Right, because there's there's such there's such large expenses. You want to maximize, you know, the usable life out of it and after four years, once your battery's nuked, it's really nice that you can open it up, throw a new battery in it and, you know, get at least a little bit more life, you know, sort of sweat that asset a little bit more, right? You know, and that's that's one of the things that, you know, I've always struggled with, with especially with MacBooks. You effectively, you know, it, it depends what your risk tolerance is, but you, you effectively have to go for Apple Care because if you have anything wrong with it, it's more than the cost of you know sort of the highest level apple care right so it's it's kind of like a it's 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 a necessity at that point you know yeah definitely right um let's get off of uh laptops especially non microsoft um laptops and and get on to <laughs> intune um so alan's going to take um you know point on on intune um it's it's something that he works with I'll say extensively that's that's the that's the word I'll use, Alan. So, um, so should we start, um, sort of a let's a, a bit in the past, um, uh, you know, what what's sort of the traditional management strategies of of Windows devices uh, been in the enterprise? Yeah, so that quite a lot of this is still potentially you know in play today, um, depending on the type you know the organization and things like that. Um, but generally, you know, managing Windows devices, um. It would always be connected to Active Directory, you know, from a uh, authentication perspective. Um, but then you would use group policy uh, GPOs to then deploy that that configuration. So you you download you know um, the policies, or they get upgraded as you know operating systems come out, and you can then put them into Active Directory, and then you use you know, Group Policy Manager to then create your policies. Um, for your Windows devices, and this, is, this includes servers, things like that, um, or you know, potentially you might be doing some installations manually. So, so that's kind of you know what you're doing, and you know, kind of constraints around this is that you know if you want to update any of this policy, um, you know, the device has to be able to connect to the Active Directory to get those updates, and that's normally on the local network or over a VPN if it's configured. To, to allow that um, and you could as well deploy software um, via um, group policy um, it's not as nice and you can you, know, you can run scripts to go and get the files things like that again but like I said you've got to potentially have the the skills the capability to be able to you know, create those scripts um, and it's got to be on the network for the time of it downloading the file and, and executing, you know, and you're relying on that script to run successfully kind of thing. And, you know, if it errors, then you don't get any central reporting on that. You only know on the device itself if something's been installed. And that's all great. And I kind of actually thinking about it, you know, one bit that you don't get is that central reporting about whether something is has actually deployed across your estate. How do you know that your you know, your group policy is applied correctly on all devices? You know, without going to all the devices and checking them or assuming, you know, doing a sample, you're not going to know. Now, you, you know, there are other 
tools out there to help with merging endpoints. Don't get me wrong, but from a Microsoft sort of baseline, doing you know configuration, locking down the devices, generally it's come from group policy. Um, installation of software might be done manually. Rebuilds might be done manually. It might be that you, you turn it on, you get into Windows, you then connect it to Active, Active Directory, or you might use um, Microsoft Deployment Tools, MDT, to do it on the network. Um, and you know, build yourself a, a a task sequence um, to be able to do the building effect. Um, probably moving on slightly from that, um, you know, there is um, what used to be called System Center Configuration Manager. Um, I think it's now called Intune Configuration Manager. Or I have to check that actually, but it's it's either that or it used to be called Microsoft Endpoint configuration manager after the the rebrand of intune but intune's gone back now hasn't it to intune um so you could use that and again that was that is a really great tool um but again that's being on the network so when when we hit the pandemic time uh, a couple of years or three or four three or four years ago now um if you didn't have it so that you could ac remotely access it or you didn't have vpns then devices couldn't be managed new policies can be pushed out. Um, and and I, I seen that as from where I was working previously, um, where we were trying to help customers get that connection, get them managed, get them up to date kind of thing. So, so that's kind of, you know, how it was traditionally and is today in some organizations because they can't move to maybe modern management or they don't know about it. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that as well. It's not saying it's bad. It's just that, you know there are benefits to moving to a to you know Microsoft Intune as you know, and do modern management. Yeah, so I I think what you're basically saying is is you know newer working practices have really required us to you know think outside the literal box of our offices, right? Um, yeah, and the, you know uh, gone of the days of you know, if something didn't install correctly, you could walk down to somebody's office or cubicle or working area um, and, you know, go and debug a local script that hasn't run. You know, um, you now could have tens, hundreds or thousands of miles between you and your um, users, I suppose. Right. So um, in those, dis I'll call them disconnected environments, um, there has to be a more should I call it integrated solution is probably a better way or um, I don't know, um, flexible solution in terms of, you know, um, inside, outside the org. And that, and that's really where Intune comes in. Yeah, definitely. And like you said, it's, it is a different, it's definitely a change in how we work um, today in being more um, flexible about where users connect from. Because like you said, you know, that everything was always on site. You know, everyone worked in the office. So it was only less than 24 hours that something wouldn't connect in. Or maybe it's like the occasional time someone goes out on a business trip or something and it's only going to be that one or two days. It's not too bad. You know, now we're in a, in a world where hybrid working's in place. And like you said, someone could be three months, at, you know, at home. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, we we definitely need that level of um, you know, sort of flexibility. 
Uh, for sure. So, um, okay. Uh, with that said, you know, um, uh, what is Intune and, and how does it help you manage Windows? So Microsoft Intune is a mobile device management um, tool. Um, and whilst it says mobile device management, it does do Windows as well. So it's kind of born, it probably started off as a MDM, um, but now is, you know, is, is still technically the management is still that sort of capability. Um, but now it's it's bigger than that. So um, Intune's had various like lives. Um, it used to be the very first version was a Silverlight version, um, which was like five, six, seven, eight years ago. Silverlight. Wow, yeah. that brings back some... <laughs> uh, I'll call them memories, <laughs> for, me, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> um, yes, um, so that version was definitely a first attempt at you know mobile device management and it wasn't to be fair wasn't up to scratch you know there were other mdms out there that were you know a lot better um but in effect microsoft rebuilt intune into the, what it is today um into the was azure portal now it's got its own portal intune.microsoft.com um and now it is it's it i've seen it sort of grow throughout the years and on its capability and it is it's insane so um quickly it's it's in effect it can manage windows um it can manage ios and android devices you know, mobile devices it can do um mac os and it can also i think it's in public preview now that it can do chrome os as well which I haven't had a chance to play with. Um, and I think it's starting to do some of the Linux desktops as well now. So it's definitely getting a spread of all of the operating systems. It doesn't do Windows Server because um, it's mainly designed for user endpoints. Um, there is some capability around Defender for Endpoint where it kind of ties in a little bit with servers, but that's probably another episode around how, how you manage those. Um, but yes, so it allows you to do um, full management. You can also do bring your own side of things, so personal devices, and as well as um, zero zero touch deployments for for most of the operating systems that we've just talked about. Um, it's in Azure, and devices that connect to it connect over the internet to it. So it doesn't matter where they are; um, they can check in and do their you know get their policies or get their applications. Um, kind of just said it, but it does do application deployment. Um, so you can upload you know, your, your software and then get it to be downloaded um, to the devices or go in the company portal. If it's a, if you need it, then install it scenario um, rather than it being you know, required for that device. Um, so yeah, that's, that's probably a quick, um, quick rundown of what Intune is. Um, it you know manages config um, policies things like that um, in the cloud. Okay, yeah, uh, thanks thanks for that overview, Alan. It's um, you know it, it's hard on a podcast to sort of go into depth about every you know last feature that's there, I suppose. But um, but but I suppose my my question there is is you know is there anything that you give up using Intune over those more traditional uh, management solutions. 
as in remove or do you mean like you you miss you know you're missing you know feature missing sort of kind of thing yeah is have you got full feature parity to you know if if i if i was a steadfast sysadmin and i was like no i'm not moving to intune because of x you know what what is that x if there even is one so there probably was some things that it couldn't do beforehand but i think in today's version of it or it's today's release at least it's um the only bits that are potentially missing um is around um, prioritization of policies so if you've got multiple policies um setting the same config um there's no at the moment as far as i'm aware there's no way to prioritize them so you kind of have to design your policies in a way to exclude users if they need this one kind of thing so it's a little bit more um a bit more thinking around that but outside of that you know a lot of it has now come come in you know, there's a lot of group policy configuration you can do now within intune and that's probably the bit that was potentially missing you know be able to do certain things via intune but that wasn't necessarily intune's fault that's more windows and its apis in effect so that it could you know that intune is able to manage in that operating system so it's Intune does what it can, where you know, providing the you know, the OS is allowing it through the um, oh, what's it called, the um, OMI URIs. That was it. Um, they're the APIs in effect that you can uh, call upon. Okay, so um, so this this more modern management approach. Um, how, how does it help organisations? Well, I mean, the first the first one is that, you know, the device don't have to be connected to, the, to your domain or don't have to be connected to your VPN um, or the network to get that policy. So, you know, any patching, any rapid, you know, updates, things like that, you can you can push it out from anywhere and it will, you know, the devices will check in every. Um, I can't remember what the, the refresh rate is, but you can check them in or you can force a check in from the portal. Um, so that's one of the main things is that you know you can do it from anywhere. The the other thing, you know, some of the other things are that um, you can you can push this this config, push these applications down, and things like that from anywhere. But one key part is if like a device needs a rebuild, then you can rebuild it from anywhere because if you're using um, autopilot, uh, Windows autopilot, then that means you can you in effect. Um, it will rebuild anywhere and then join into Intune and then start against policy. It can even, uh, in, in some scenarios, join the domain for you anywhere because it will hook up to a VPN and then do it for you. Um, so, you know, that's a great, you know, support feature. You know, if a device is not completely bricked, you know, that you can't get into Windows, but, you know, there's problems with it, then you can do a remote wipe rebuild and it comes back up and then you know comes up saying hey this is a um sam foot device <laughs> and you know it needs um you know needs your credentials sign in right i'm going to go and download all the software downloads it all and then the user can then start working you know without having to bring that device back to the office to be swapped out or back to the office to be wiped and rebuilt there and then um, so you're saving loads of time, loads of travel costs, things like that. Um, the other thing that it potentially 
does is that you can then potentially you know start moving um if you don't necessarily need devices to authenticate with ad directly um, maybe you don't have any software or applications there now maybe it's all in office 365 or or sorry not office 365 microsoft 365 um or you know it's in SaaS applications um you could start to look to um microsoft enter id um, join your devices or Azure AD join as it was previously, um, where in effect they're only Azure, uh, Microsoft Enter ID joined, not joined to the Active Directory domain, um, where they can then authenticate there um, and start moving away to having Active Directory manage everything. So your users and your devices are then in the cloud, in effect. You know, maybe still synchronizing with Active Directory um, whilst you, you have it. Um, that pushes you, you know, further away to reliance on any, um, you know, actual networking in an office and things like that. Um, so yeah, it's definitely that, and as well, you know, it's you don't have to. It's another portal. It's only for device management. You're not, you know, some some of those users potentially, if you know, RBAC isn't done correctly on AD, um, they might have more privileges than they need to Active Directory. So, you know, reducing that risk of identities, you know, identities um, being compromised, things like that. Um, so, yeah, I think that's there's quite a lot there. And we're seeing a lot of organizations moving to it because of that flexibility of being able to manage them anywhere. And we've seen a lot in the pandemic, you know, people jumping to this um, as quick as they kind of possibly could at least okay yeah no that's that that seems to make a lot of sense and, and as 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 we've mentioned previously that that drive to new working practices is really you know shaping you know modern organizations right and their processes so um what is what sort of the process for an organization actually but before i ask this question actually i've got i've got another question actually um is there is there a size or scale limit for an organization with Intune? You know, is is you know, from your opinion, if if a if an organization was willing to, could could they just any organization move to to Intune, even the largest ones? Yeah, definitely. It's it's you know you you it's a per user license. But it's scale, you know, it's scalable for sure. It's um, you know, it might be that you know there are some security baselines in there. There are some like default configurations that you can do. You know, that can be done to a small organization of maybe one, two, you know, three users. I mean, it may not make complete sense to that, but you know, if if you you know if there's someone there that doesn't really want to make wants to make sure they're secure, they've got a central place to do that configuration without having to do it manually you know but then if you've got an organization of hundreds of thousands of devices then it's it's perfect for that because you set you know some of this configuration is set once and then it's configured and it's it goes out to all those devices and it's you know if you imagine i guess if you imagine that you had to patch a, a piece of software because of vulnerability you know and it's deployed i mean in a in an organization where there's hundreds of thousand devices you'll have a a patching capability and, you know there'll be some other tooling in there um but if you were just using group policy to push it 
you've got to wait for them to check in and actually do it. And sometimes, you know, devices are not connected to the domain because they're just working, you know, on Office, you know, Microsoft 365 and maybe not need to authenticate. Um, they check in, you know, potentially once an hour, I think it is, on group policy. I think you might be able to change that, but that's generally what it is. If the device is turned off for that hour, then it's not going to get it. You know, there's no like time. And like I said, you don't see, you don't see that, um, where you are, you know, how, how, whether your policies are deployed or whether applications deployed out, you don't know what your state is. So, you know, again, yeah, doesn't matter about size at all. You know, the bigger it is, the, the I suppose the simpler the, the issue becomes potentially and less overhead. And is it then fair to say for the other end of the spectrum, the smallest organizations, Intune provides them a level of out of the box baseline capability. Um, because 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 what I'm what what I'm thinking there is is that you know like a smaller organization wouldn't have that you know more traditional workflow that we've talked about. We're talking about enterprises here, right? Like larger, mm. you know, at least medium sized businesses. I would say right that that have this level of management of their devices, right? So. You know, smaller organizations, I assume there is like a baseline that you can apply in Intune, like a sort of the out of the box um, configuration. So actually for the smaller end of the scale, in theory, they're getting much more capability, but allowing Intune to take all of that complexity away from them so that they can just sort of get on and deploy a baseline if they don't have anything, you know, in their organization today. Yeah. And. And to be fair, you know, Intune is is quite a quite a beast now. There's quite a lot of different areas to it, and you know, it might be that you get them enrolled into Intune so that you've got somewhere to to remotely manage them. Um, that could just be re, you know remotely re rebooting those devices. You can do that, but it might be that you start off with a a way to deploy software. Maybe you have a a, a you know piece of software that's licensed. And you want to deploy it to all of your devices. And you don't want to go around your five or ten devices and you know disrupt somebody and manually install it. Or maybe they're working remotely in a small you know, organization, and you don't want to give them the key because that's potentially you know, you know that could then be leaked potentially or taken with them, kind of thing. Um, it allows you to do that central management of deploying software. I mean that might just be you know a a um a bonus in itself. And then maybe you've got things like, you know, you've got, you've got a small office maybe and there's some, there's, you've got a Wi-Fi set up. You know, you just deploy the Wi-Fi profile just to make it easier so you don't have to give it out. You know, there's just some small things that you can do um, to help an organization in, in its, you know, device management that might just save them, you know, m quite a lot of time just managing. Um, and then it just builds up, you know, you build that um, capability up as you need it. You know, some I've I've known some organizations, they've just hooked it up, just in tune up and they've got um, they're managing their Chrome configuration at the moment because everything has done via group policy. Um, but they're starting to think about what they can move over. Maybe you're literally just using it for Windows updates patching. Because there's a whole, you know, Windows update for business and you know, they can manage all your rings and everything. You know, maybe that's the first thing you move because that's just, you know, it's patching. It's not device management or anything like that 
so, so what you're saying is it's not a um you know an all-encompassing solution you can slowly migrate across um sort of dip your toes in the water get comfortable with the user experience you know um because like you say intune is a thing right it's not you know there's a lot of capability there so there is going to be an element of upskilling and you know um knowledge shift um in, in the organization so that's that's really powerful that they've also thought about that level of flexibility for organizations yeah definitely and it's yeah there's just there's just so much in there um like I say, even if we did an episode on Intune itself, because we are talking about Windows management part here, you know, we, we'd be able to skim over it. But again, we wouldn't really touch, yeah. scratch the surface with some of it. I think, you know, some of our previous episodes, you know, we skimmed across some sections because they're big enough on their own. Yeah. You know, I think yeah. uh, like um, season four, episode eight, you know, zero touch deployments. I think we we talked about it and we talked about autopilot, things like that, but we didn't dive into sort of how to do some of that because there's just so much there that you can do yeah so could you talk us through that sort of process of moving you know from a more traditional you know um setup to um to, to intune yeah so kind of the first thing um that we need to do is get the devices into intune and if you you know you Intune's enabled in effect, you know, with your licensing, um, and there's no policies or anything in there from the start. You know, it's nothing configured, nothing being deployed. So, you know, the first part is to get some devices in there. If not, get all of your devices starting to, you know, go into Intune, um, just so that you've got that first connection there, because then you can start using it. And that's um, from a um, from an Azure AD join device or a Microsoft. Um, enter id join device that kind of automatically does it for you if you've got the settings configured when they get you know joined to a you know microsoft enter id but from your your hybrid join devices or your active directory devices um, if you want to do it automatically you have to set up the hybrid join to enter id um, which is really simple and uh, the user experience you know the customer user never doesn't really notice any differences with it it's not it's not you know user impacting if anything it makes it better for them because they get single sign in into you know any uh, Microsoft Enter ID applications because it knows who they are but um, once that's in um, you then just apply some group policy in effect to automatically enroll them into Intune and then the devices enroll the user doesn't see anything again it's all done in the background and then they're enrolled and that's probably your first step you know they're in there now so now what do I do so the other parts are if you're going to do some device configuration, so, you know, um, device restrictions, that kind of thing, um, there's probably a group policy you need to deploy um, beforehand if you want Intune to then become sort of like the the owner of some of those policy changes. So um, that policy allows you to set Intune as the, um, the priority in effect. You know, Intune wins if there's a conflict with with local group policy. So you can start saying, right, Intune is now going to be my source of truth or for my config. And now I'm going to start doing it. So even if you've got policy in place already, you can start creating or recreating that policy in effect in Intune. 
and then it will start taking over um, those policies in effect. Um, maybe you've got a slightly different configuration that you want to change. Now, Intune now is the the, you know, is the source of truth, so you now it now starts taking over what might be legacy, starting to become legacy configuration in group policy. Um, so that's the sort of the way you start, and within Intune, um, there is a uh, group policy analyzer, so you can actually export your group policy and upload it, and it'll tell you one whether it's even valid now because obviously there's, there's potentially a quite a lot of legacy configuration for previous version of windows um that's not necessarily always the case because it might be when a new operating system comes out an organization has a new ou for it and a new policy for it so it's only you know targeting you know those new operating systems um but maybe there isn't maybe there's just some legacy policies you know that people just keep adding to um so it will tell you what's capable, what Intune's capable of, and where it, it sits within the, you know, any of the policies, and then you, I think you can either build from there, or you can in effect find out what the conf config is, and then build it yourself. So, so yeah, that's probably where you'd start off with, and like I said, you start bringing workloads over. You know, maybe, um, like I said, doing Windows updates because that's quite a key part about, you know, creating your rings, who gets them first, you know, is it IT? Is it then your super users? Is it then your, um, the rest of your users? You know, do you use, um, you know, the Windows Auto Patch, where it does that checking for you based on the hardware, um, based on the type of, maybe the type of user, in, you know, activity, things like that, you know. So there's definitely a few things. And it, it, like I said, it might even be that you want to deploy your software that way, start off with. Because you haven't got a mechanism for doing that. You know, maybe you do it manually. Yeah, no, that's um that that sounds uh, you know, really good. Um and it sounds relatively you know, if you're in that space, I assume the are the are the skills, you know, cross um or transferable, you know, because you're effectively managing the same thing. I suppose you've just got a level removed of what, what you really need to manage, right? It's just taking some of that responsibility away from you. Yeah, it's, it's, it is somewhat similar to, to, you know, managing group policy and things like that. There is obviously a, you know, UI change and everything that, you know, it's different and how you do it. But um, generally, if you've been, well, if you've been using another MDM generally, then you'll kind of understand that concept of mobile device management. Um, but on the other hand, you know, you are, it's just a new interface to deploy policy. So if you've been managing devices like that and in applying policies, you know what to choose kind of thing, you know, there's in effect, you're going to have a list of stuff to select and what you need to set it to. So it's not, it is very similar to what you do before. And some of some of it is is easier to do because you know Microsoft have made it like that. You know, deploying Wi-Fi settings um, is you know typing in that, those details and and deploying it. So you're saying like actually getting your first baseline config is actually the you know in theory the 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 more challenging part of knowing what the settings are and what you should set them to. Yeah, yeah, that's probably the the knowledge that part. Yeah, actually doing excuse me, actually doing the changes or actually, you know, inputting it into Intune is quite straightforward and it's, you know, it is very, it is quite um, easy to understand what it's trying to do. 
Um, but yeah, like you said, it's understanding what you want to configure and what you can configure as well. It's that knowledge that is, is key. And like you said, if you're doing that already, or if you're doing that already with group policy or another MDM, then it's that sort of, you know, second nature, you know, it's the same thing, just on a different tool kind of thing. Okay. Um, and that leads me to my last question and arguably, well, the one we always ask in these episodes is, um, how is, how is it licensed? So you can buy it on its own. You can buy device licenses as well. If if you have um you know kiosks or you know device you know yeah kiosks really is the main thing um, where you don't have an actual user, um, but you've also got user licensing. So that is um, can be found in in business premium for the you know for the the lower the smaller organisations to so say not the lower tier the smaller organisations. You can buy it on its own, like I just said. Um, or it's in EMS E3 or Microsoft 365 E3. So it's at that E3 tier there. So it's, you know, a lot of organizations probably already have it if they don't didn't know they did. Um, and there is there is some add-ons for Intune because I think we talked about that in the Intune suite in Season 3, Episode 12. Um, some extra enhancements on top of it, which are, there is, you know, quite a lot of great, capability there but you know a lot of it is in the you know the intune plan one i think that's what it's called now um but you know the one that's in e3 there's that's like 80 90 percent of the capability so and that's just been growing since it came out yeah so what you're saying there is that intune itself you know is a large chunk or if not the majority of the functionality, those add-ons are legitimately add-ons, you know, from from the base, you know, offering it. Just they require Intune to to operate um, correctly. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and um, like you said, you you potentially wouldn't want to jump to those until there's some of them you might do is like the remote support one. The the remote help might be useful. Um to go with straight away but some of the other capabilities you might want to wait until you've got your yeah you know, else managed kind of thing and then jump to that when you need to oh, that sounds great um anything else that you want to cover alan anything you think we missed um th- there's a lot of device configurations in there i mean we talked about device restrictions things like that you know you can do wi-fi and do certificate deployment um vpn configurations um and there are some custom ones out there as well where the you know Intune's not fully support you know it might be preview features in windows um that you can then in- enable still as well um the other parts to it is as well you can manage the av um bit locker you can do laps as well configuration now um and there's loads of other sort of bits in there so it's definitely definitely a tool worth looking at and starting to sort of on board in in an organization. Cool. Uh thanks Alan. Um I know you've mentioned a few but previous episode um call out for anybody interested in tune. Yeah, so we can run through them again. Um I, d- I did say about two of them so we got season 4 episode 8 which was zero touch deployment so that was around all the operating systems in there. Um We've got season three, episode twelve, which was the Intune suite and the the features, the, the sort of first looks of what's coming or what's in there at least. 
Um, and then you've got season four, episode two, where I talk about securing, bring your own. So mobile application management, another whole section that Intune has um, helping you, you know, manage your, your bring your own devices. So there is definitely lots there. And I, like I said, there's definitely probably two or three more episodes in there that we could definitely do about it. Great. No, that's that's really good. Um, yeah. So, Sam, what's uh, what's next week's episode? Uh, yeah, next week's episode is um, I'll be covering uh, Cosmos DB. Um, so if you have a requirement to store, I'm just going to say large amounts of data um, in a robust and durable way, um, then uh, Cosmos DB is definitely a technology um, that you, you you want to look at. Um, there's, I'm going to say many different facets to Cosmos DB. It's It's almost multiple products in one. Um, but I'll, I'll take us through and, um, yeah, hopefully I can do it justice because it's, um, every, every time I use it, um, it gets more and more feature rich <laughs> every time I, I go back. Uh, Cosmos is, um, definitely high on the product investment <laughs> at Microsoft. That's for sure. Great. That sounds, that sounds interesting because I think I've only had a like, small exposure to it recently. So, um, and I'm even that sort of part of it. I've, I'm, uh excited uh enjoying seeing what his capability is so yeah um okay yeah, I so think it, did... i think it can be quite I, I think it i think it can be quite intimidating right until you actually yeah. like use it and it it kind of takes away it is so capable but yet it once you once you do start to use it it really sort of clicks and then it 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 takes a lot of the complexity away from what it's doing yeah definitely Okay, so did you enjoy this episode? If so, please do consider leaving us a review on Apple or Spotify. This really helps us reach more people like you. Uh, if you have any specific feedback or suggestions on episodes, uh, we have a link in our show notes to get in contact with us. Yeah, and if you've made it this far, uh, thanks very much, and we'll catch you on the next one. Yeah, thanks all.